Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And this week, I have the pleasure of interviewing both Ross Anderson and Corey Miller. Ross and Corey have come together to produce a book titled Responding to the Mormon Missionary Message, Confident Conversations with Mormon Missionaries and Other Latter-day Saints. As we talked about yesterday, guys, both of you have a background in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm assuming both of you left believing that the church was not correct, so you're not really sons of perdition, because to be a son of perdition, according to Mormonism, you have to fight against the church knowing it's true. I don't know of anybody who really qualifies under that definition. But this book, Responding to the Mormon Missionary Message, as we've been talking about, many times people, when they have any type of introduction to Mormonism, it's probably going to be through the Mormon missionaries. And yesterday we were talking about the fact that a lot of these young people, though they're very zealous and they really want to share what they believe to be true, many times they don't have a lot of well-grounded education other than, you probably agree with me on this, they have a, a type of script they have to stick to. They don't, it's not word for word, but they have an outline. And they're going to share certain things with us. And a book like this is obviously helpful because it gives us a heads up as to what we can expect when the missionaries come to our door or happen to, to talk to us on the streets. The format of the book, as I was mentioning yesterday, you did not write the whole book. You have the first and second chapter, and then you kind of farmed out, I guess is a proper term, the other chapters. What was the criteria for the authors of those chapters? Why were they picked? What was it about them that you decided they would be worthwhile in including in this book? Yeah, well, first, let me, let me back up for one tiny bit and say that the book is organized around the Mormon missionary manual called Preach My Gospel. Mm -hmm. And so each of our chapters corresponds to a chapter. You mentioned they have a script they're following. And so we decided, well, let's take the script and let's lay it out and respond to it. So Corey and I, although we were Latter-day Saints, neither one of us went on an LDS mission. We came to faith in Christ before, before we got to that turning point in our lives. And so we said the best way to approach this is to find people who served LDS missions. They know the ropes. They know the arguments, but have to be people that now follow Jesus. They're not LDS anymore. They're not agnostic. They're not atheist, whatever, but they really have a, a living faith in Jesus Christ the way that we do, so that we're united on this. And so we did some brainstorming, and we talked to people that we know, and started with ones that we know, and asked them who they know, and we, we found actually more than enough authors who could meet the test of being a former missionary, and being a follower of Jesus. It's uh, very similar to the book I had mentioned yesterday, Leaving Mormonism, Why Four Scholars Changed Their Minds. We want people who were former insiders, especially relative to the issue we're, we're systematically tackling, 
but who didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Rather, they are definite followers of Jesus. And so, as Ross mentioned, there was more than enough to go around. We had to filter through certain uh, former RMs or missionaries uh, to be able to find ones that, that we wanted for the project. Uh, there were others that were very good. Increasingly, more and more missionaries, former missionaries, are leaving the LDS faith. Many are going into atheism and agnosticism, but uh, many are coming to Christ, and that's the pool from which we drew. The subtitle to your book, as I mentioned, was Confident Conversations with Mormon Missionaries and Other Latter-day Saints. And in the first show, I was telling the story of a, of a woman who stood up in one of my meetings and during the Q&A session saying she felt very intimidated when she saw their badges that say elder. Having this confidence when you're talking with someone is certainly very important. And so I'm assuming that you chose these people because by their stories, we can kind of learn from their own personal experience that these are probably young people who, like a lot of young people, may have even some of their doubts, even though they're not going to share those doubts with you, that's for sure. But as Christians, we should be confident in our message. I think we should have somewhat of a handle of where these people are coming from. Many times I find that Christians mix what Mormons believe with what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. That's not good. And we should, I think, approach this subject somewhat intelligently. We don't want to call, for instance, the Book of Mormon, the Mormon Bible. I've, I've heard Christians do that. We should perhaps have a remedial understanding of what they do believe regarding their scriptures, what the standard works entail. I have found that Latter-day Saints, when I explain that I have done some study in what they believe, and of course I don't have time to give them my full resume at the door, I don't want to scare them off anyway, but I do want to let them know, as a Christian living among Latter-day Saints, I would be irresponsible to not at least try to understand what my LDS neighbors believe. And I've never found any Mormon missionary be offended by that. I think also it opens the door that if I've told them that I've done a little study on this, I can probably take it to a little bit of a different level because I've already explained to them I've studied this. Now, they might not know some of the things that I'm talking about, so I have to be very careful in my discussion with them, kind of figuring out where they are. But as I mentioned, I think it's important to see them as just young people wanting to share their message, and I think we can be confident in what we say. But when you say responding to the Mormon missionary message, has that message changed over the years? Because you mentioned the Preach My Gospel manual. That came out in 2004. In fact, it just went through a a revision in 2023. I've been going through the 2023 uh, online version, comparing it with the other. I'm noticing some of it has been toned down a little bit, especially when it comes to the great apostasy. We sent our manuscript to the publisher two weeks before the new version oh. came out. So we're going like, oh, no, panic city, you know. And we have actually done uh, some really intensive look at the second edition, the current edition, to see, to see it, how much has it changed? Is this going to make our book irrelevant and so forth? And um, my judgment is, is that all of the core content is the same. It's even organized in the same way, the same chapter titles and headings and so forth, with the difference that they took the last two chapters or lessons 
of the previous version and they combined them into one. But all the all the content is still in there. It's just become a very long chapter, and they changed the sort of the headings that it's under. But um, so we said, okay, well, all of the things that we're saying in the book that our authors have said, all of it's still relevant and still applicable. But I did notice, um, Bill, like you did, that I feel like the tone of the of the new version has really changed. The older version is more like, here's what you have to do to live up to God's expectations. The new version is sort of like, oh, we invite you to all to experience God's blessings. And it's sort of more like, I don't know, it's per, it's a little permissive, but underneath those commandments are still there, but they're veneered over with sort of more of a, a kinder, gentler tone. Corey, that being the case, would you say that that could lead to a type of well, I'm thinking of the word deception. That sounds a little bit harsh, but it almost seems to me like it's a, a bait and switch, maybe. It's kind of like, remember when Gordon B. Hinckley, uh, the president of the church, said, you know, come with us, bring what you have, and we'll just add right. to it. Right. Isn't that, well, I, I keep going back to the word deception. Isn't that kind of deceiving when they're not really laying out for us the specifics of what they believe? Because when I'm inviting people into Christianity, I want to be up front. Uh, this, is, this is what we believe. This is historically what the Christian church has stood for. What, what do you have to say about that, Corey? You know, I've always seen Mormonism as somewhat like a chameleon. Uh, going back to Genesis 3, when the serpent came into the garden, it didn't come looking like a devil with horns or a pitchfork or a long tail as Hollywood depicts the devil. I came in as a little nature snake, blending in with society. And when you had mentioned the confusion, some heap on Mormonism with, say, the Jehovah's Witnesses, um, then there's a fundamental difference between the two. Mormons are great at marketing, and they're great at audience analysis and trying to blend in and look mainstream. And so this has been, in one sense, it, it's part of the Mormon ethos to evolve the evolution of the Mormon God, the evolution of Joseph Smith's own theology, you know, early on and before he died and so forth, that isn't found in the Book of Mormon. But yet at the same time, there is a common core that they must maintain if Mormonism is ever going to have purchase power. Their message is, you know, there was a great falling away that is required if there's going to be a great restoration. Without that first ingredient, there can't be the second. The second doesn't even make sense. And so even with these changes in uh, the Preach My Gospel uh, recently, it's still the common core is still there. Uh, you know, someone had mentioned to me who read an early copy of our book that even my addressing of the testimony wasn't quite on because it didn't contain all of that which is in the glove, you know, the five fingers representing, you know, Heavenly Father loves me, and Jesus Christ is Son's my Redeemer, and Joseph Smith, and the Book of Mormon, Church of Jesus Christ, and uh, things like that. Well, that also started in 2004, that glove illustration. The testimonies before that were a little bit different, but they're still the common core. So there is a sense in which Mormonism has retained a core, but they are very good at being chameleons and blending in with the culture, which is why it is so deceptive. Now, the missionaries may not see themselves or be intending to deceive. Let me interrupt you right there, Corey, because 
I certainly don't want to give the impression that I think that the missionaries are purposely trying to deceive or purposely lying. I'm always very cautious to ever arrive at that conclusion, but they are simply relating the information that they've been given from their higher ups. And many of them, and I think it should be emphasized, they believe this to be true. Even though it's misinformation, I wouldn't say that they are actually right. lying. Correct. And so, you know, these guys, again, as you pointed out earlier, 18, 19, 20-year-olds finding their own testimony of Mormonism at the time, they're trying to encourage others to find that same testimony. So uh, they are deceiving while being deceived and probably unintentionally so. Yeah, and I think that's very important. I, I, I tend to get a little weary when I hear Christians say that all the missionaries are just liars. And I go, oh, man, you want to be careful yeah. about that label. That's not very helpful. And many times it's a simple case of this is what they were raised in, this is what they know, this is what they believe to be true, and they're just passing that information on to us. We have a responsibility, and you use the word in your chapter, Ross, that we need to have discernment, and we need to ask the pertinent questions that will hopefully lead to a very good conversation. Speaking of conversation, we're going to continue this conversation in tomorrow's show. We've been talking with Corey Miller and Ross Anderson, the authors of a book, Responding to the Mormon Missionary Message, Confident Conversations with Mormon Missionaries and Other Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.